I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today, as we continue our chronological reading of the Gospels, we'll be looking at a portion of Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through chapter 2, verse 22, and Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 39. In this passage, we're going to see the following events in Jesus' ministry. We'll see that Jesus is still in Galilee ministering. This is a trip which began back in Matthew chapter 4, Mark 1, Luke 4, John 4. We'll also see that this is still between the first and second Passover feast during Jesus' ministry. Jesus ministers in Capernaum later on in the passages we'll be looking at today. And also the tax collector Levi becomes Matthew and follows Jesus as a disciple. First, we're going to read of the occasion of the man that was healed from leprosy. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 8, Mark 1, and Luke chapter 5. First of all, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now we're going to read of the same incident as reported by Mark, beginning with chapter 1, verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Now we go to Luke chapter 5, the same occasion, beginning with verse 12. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went their fame abroad of him And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. 
So we see in these three passages that the setting for this occasion is somewhere in Galilee. Leprosy, as you know, was the dreaded disease of Bible times in both the Old and New Testaments. The Law of Moses has much to say about the procedures for dealing with a person who has leprosy. He was considered unclean and placed away from the general populace in isolation. Furthermore, you couldn't just walk back into society one day and say, Hey, I'm all well now. You had to be declared clean and all well now by the priest. This procedure is found in detail in Leviticus chapter 13, and that continues on into Leviticus chapter 14. After Jesus heals the leper, he tells him not to tell anyone how he was healed, but rather just show himself to the priest for the necessary clean bill of health. Well, did he obey? Look at Mark 1.45. But he went out and began to publish it much and blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. In Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, we see the impact on Jesus' ministry as a result of the leper's healing. It says, But so much the more went their fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Now we see another amusing account in Matthew chapter 9, Mark 2, and Luke chapter 5 of the man lowered down through the roof of the house. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Now let's go to Mark chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, the same account. And he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, 
I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. Now let's look at the same occasion in Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed of a man that was taken with the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now this occasion takes place in northern Israel, up in Capernaum on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. While preaching in a house, people continued to gather around until some showed up with a paralytic man. It was too crowded to get him in, so they lowered him through the roof. No problems until Jesus tells the paralytic man, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. The religion police, that would be the Pharisees and the scribes, they were there, and that raises a ruckus among the Jewish scribes. Those were the official scholars. They accused him of blasphemy. Of course, they're simply looking for something to use against Jesus since he already made it clear that he has no respect for those corrupt Jewish leaders in the first place. It was problematic for them that Jesus had the ability to heal the sick, but to forgive sins was way over the line as far as they were concerned. Here's some insight on this situation. There is no suggestion here that all sickness is as a result of sin. However, as God of the flesh, Christ was able to perceive that this man's illness was as the result of sin. He also perceived that this paralytic man was repentant. And so, it was appropriate for him to forgive this man's sins. Meantime, the scribes were looking for a way to entrap Jesus. They would like to have had direct evidence that he had proclaimed himself to be God. They bade him to make that declaration in Mark chapter 2, verse 7, when they asked, Who can forgive sins but God only? However, all they can get are implications as he refers to himself as the Son of Man. That was a reference used by David and Ezekiel in a human context, but used by Daniel to refer to the Messiah. Look at Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, where it says, 
And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So, without directly saying it, Jesus is assuming in this passage the title of Messiah. Or is he? The title Son of Man wasn't a reference to that same messianic context when Ezekiel used it, where that prophet used it 93 times in reference to himself. So you can see how Jesus gave these religious professionals fits. In our next section of reading in Matthew 9, Mark 2, and Luke chapter 5, we see that the Jews seek creative ways to entrap Jesus. First of all, Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in his house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now let's look at the same occasion in Mark chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of customs, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now the same occasion in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, it's only natural that the Jews hated tax collectors. They were representatives of the Roman government assigned to take their money. Well, still true today, I guess. But I mean, the Jews really, really despised the Roman tax collectors like Levi. He had a Jewish name, but he worked for the government. It really grated on the Jews that Jesus would go have supper with him and with his friends, fellow tax collectors. Levi becomes one of the apostles of Jesus, and his name is changed to Matthew. 
Matthew, by the way, is the English transliteration of the Greek transliteration for the Hebrew name Mattathiah, the name of four men mentioned in the Old Testament. Furthermore, he goes on to write the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's own gospel refers to the occasion as a meal, as does Mark. Both refer to the questionable guest as many publicans and sinners. Luke, however, identifies this occasion as a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. Luke wants us to understand the magnitude of the problem here as seen by the Jewish leaders. Perhaps this is a going-out-of-business bash that Matthew throws. As a practice, Pharisees had no contact with these sinners and question why Jesus chooses to do so as well. Jesus replies that ministering to sinners is why he came. The Pharisees see this as a great opportunity to point out the shortcomings of Jesus to a lot of people. We'll see this in the verses that follow. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, Matthew points out that Jesus quoted Hosea chapter 6, verse 6 in his reply to the Pharisees when he says the following, But go ye and learn what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. In that chapter of Hosea, Israel's being rebuked for rejecting the counsel of God. You can see the implications of that quotation and comment by Jesus. It's no wonder the Jews were infuriated. Incidentally, Jesus quoted Hosea 6.6 to a different group of Pharisees on a later occasion. When we get down to Matthew chapter 12, we'll see that in verse 7. Next, we have an issue that's covered in Matthew chapter 9, Mark 2, and Luke chapter 5. Why don't your disciples fast? First of all, let's look at Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 14, going down to verse 17. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast oft, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. No man putteth a piece of new cloth into an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Now let's read about it in Mark chapter 2, beginning with verse 18, down to verse 22. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridechamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days." No man also soweth a piece of new cloth in an old garment, else the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled. And the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. Now Luke chapter 5, verses 33 to 39. 
And they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? And he said unto them, Can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh the rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles, and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also having drunk of old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith, The old is better. In Luke's account here, we see the conversation taking place at Matthew's house on the occasion of his I ain't collecting taxes anymore party. That's significant inasmuch as the big old banquet tables are stacked with food. Remember, Luke reports it as a great feast. So with all this eating going on, how about a question regarding the indulgences of the occasion? Here's the question. Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? Matthew and Mark both tell us that some of the disciples of John the Baptist participate with the Pharisees in this inquiry. I just wonder if the Pharisees had been over talking to John's disciples, trying to get them kind of riled up. As far as Scripture is concerned, in the Old Testament, the Jews only fasted on the Day of Atonement. That's seen clearly in, Le- in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 29 to 31. Also, you can look at the notes in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 27 to 32, and also Numbers chapter 29, verse 7. These are all passages that deal with the Day of Atonement. Later on, when they returned from Babylonian exile, four annual fasts were observed by the Jews. We see that in Zechariah chapter 7, verse 5, and Zechariah chapter 8, verse 19. We see from Luke chapter 18, verse 12, that some of the Pharisees fasted twice a week. We have no idea why. As far as John the Baptist's disciples, maybe they were fasting because he was in prison at the time. Or maybe they were fasting because they saw the Messianic age at hand. We, we don't really know why they fasted. But in both cases, fasting was a sure sign in those times that you were serious about your religion. A complete overview regarding fasting can be seen in the written commentary on Isaiah chapter 58 on BibleTrack.org. So here's the question asked of Jesus. Why don't your disciples fast? Well, the answer comes in the form of an analogy. When the bridegroom is present at the wedding feast, there's nothing to fast about. Everybody eats heartily. However, when the bridegroom is gone, then it will be appropriate to fast. Was he talking about his crucifixion here? Well, perhaps so, but one thing is for certain. Jesus implies that the Pharisees and John's disciples fast in anticipation of an event, as in the coming of the Messiah. Since Jesus is that Messiah, his disciples have no need to fast. Incidentally, John the Baptist is in prison and has been there since Luke chapter 3, verses 18 to 20. He remains in prison until he is beheaded in Matthew chapter 14, verses 3 through 12. 
perhaps another reason why his disciples fast. So, what is this new wine, old bottles analogy all about? Well, let's look at the circumstances and conversation around Jesus' comments, and let's see if we can perceive its meaning. The Pharisees were the leading religionists in Palestine in that day. They fully anticipated that anyone aspiring to Messiahship would be working with them. Here they are at it again, however, criticizing every move that Jesus makes who his friends are, with whom he eats, the very fact that he eats at all. So to explain to them where they fit into the leadership scheme of the coming kingdom, Jesus uses the wine bottle and the cloth garment analogies. So let's fit the components into these two analogies. First of all, the new wine. Well, that's the messianic kingdom. The old bottles, that would be the current corrupt leadership. What about the new cloth? Well, the new cloth is equal to the messianic kingdom. What about the old garment? That would be the current corrupt leadership. So here's the bottom line, somewhat tactfully stated. Jesus is telling these Pharisees that they won't be part of the leadership team in the messianic kingdom. Do you think they're starting to get the picture? This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.